My name is Louis Rendon, and this is the next reviews. <laughs> I, I can't do the tongue pop oh, though. Oh, well, that's like, that's like a baby tongue pop. I cannot do a tongue pop. Try it. No, mm-hmm. yeah, no, fake. I can only do like. I've been I've been accused of not being able to do it too, like to my face, and it's like <laughs> I'm aware. Thank you. <laughs> after I get drinking though, like after like maybe like a, a glass and a half of wine, I can do a really solid tongue pop. Um, but before then, it's just like <laughs> it's like a whisper of a tongue pop. That was that was very whispery. So should I introduce myself? Yeah, because yes, you got clearly, to clearly. So, so and also this is Gavin, I guess. Oh. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. He can't tongue pop, so he can't. <laughs> Finally, giving himself. me the honor I deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once you work up to your tongue pop, you can introduce yourself, Gavin. Absolutely. Until then, it's me introducing you. The uh, but yes, welcome to the mixed reviews. Hi, everyone. Well, this is a podcast. Where blah, blah, blah. Where this Gavin's is a, wasted. I'm already wasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, where. We talk about uh, we talk about an actor or filmmaker or you know someone in the film business, and we sort of dissect what they're great at and what they're not so great mm-hmm. at—the good stuff and the bad stuff. Yeah, this one's a little harder than uh, our other yeah. ones because I literally I got to a point in the middle of the week. We try and do the show bi-weekly so we can watch as much stuff as possible, and I got to a point in the middle of the week where I was just like, I cannot judge this person. I it's she ha- she hard. is above. Yeah. She is above me. <laughs> she's an entity. So this uh, we're, today we're talking about Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi and, Goldberg, and uh, she is just like an American legend. Yes, absolutely. Not even like a, a, yes, an American legend, but like a worldwide phenomenon. Yes, um, and it's insane. Like I, we were like, yeah, Whoopi will be fun, and then like as soon as we started watching, I was like, there is so much. It was like a it was like a torrent of like yes. just like yes. cascading on us, and I could not believe uh, the amount of things that I. Hadn't watched. I could not believe the amount of things that I was like. I was like, well, I, I have to watch this. I have to watch this. And then to make it even worse is there's a bunch of movies I saw as a child uh-huh. that like I then had to rewatch because I had no recollection of yeah. them there's, at all. She like is has always been in like my, my conscious as a movie star, as someone who's like out there in the universe making stuff. And she made all these TV stuff. Um, she's on the View now. Uh, like, well, Broadway, that's the thing. She's like, like nowadays she's on TV five days a week. Yeah. Every week. She's so supposedly The View has seasons. I've yet to seen an episode that's not mm. like I've I've seen episodes and I'm like, this isn't a repeat. That's so what's <laughs> fake. Yeah. Seasons. Exactly. What do you mean? Uh let me get some of the bi- biographical information out of the way. Okay. Um Whoopi Goldberg, you may be surprised to learn Whoopi is not her real name. I was honest so like Were you <laughs> did you really not know that? Because I was being sarcastic. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I I I was like, of course not. But then like as you get into it, I was like Oh, her name, like, the reason why she chose name was just because Whoopi's a funny, like, Whoopi cushion. There's, there's a bunch of different stories. I even found a clip of her on Carson giving a completely different explanation. Carson Daly? No, yeah, yeah, Carson Daly. You know that, no, Johnny Carson. You know that old dude your parents used to talk about? <laughs> wow, I feel a little bit stupid, but it's fine. <laughs> the, um, but, uh, Whoopi Goldberg is 61 years of age. She was born on November 13th, 1955 in Manhattan, New York. Didn't um, know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. She is a, she's a Manhattanite. Uh, she's the daughter of Robert James Johnson Jr., uh, who was a clergyman, and Emma Johnson, uh, who was a nurse and a teacher, and she was raised in the Chelsea Elliott houses. Uh, she went to ca- local Catholic school. Um, do, 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 sorry, there's a lot of information on this page I'm trying to... She's stated that her stage forename, Whoopi, was taken from a Whoopi cushion. If you get a little gassy, you've got to let it go. So people used to say to me, you're like a Whoopi cushion. 
And that's where the name came from. Amazing. Love that. Um, the name Goldberg is an alternative family name that she says she chose to be taken more seriously, which I love that she was yeah. like, whoopee. Goldberg. She wants to be serious, but also fun. <laughs> and also, I was just reading, like, I, I can't remember where, but it, someone was saying, you know, you have to have a, a Jewish-sounding last name to be taken seriously yes. in the entertainment industry, which is kind of like... I think that's the story she tells on Johnny Carson, and I was just like, ooh, this is... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> she, I mean, I guess her entire career has just been like, am I a little bit problematic? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and trust me, there's a lot of that. Yeah, they go through her yeah. filmography. It's like, ooh, that's probably not super cool thing to say, but all right. <laughs> like, she's, she makes me laugh. <laughs> the um, Some of the earliest uh, notices that she wanted to be an actress was, uh, and this anecdote has been told by her and Michelle Nichols, who played Uhura on the original Star Trek yeah, many times, sure. is that Goldberg saw Uhura on Star Trek and yelled to her mother, Mama, there's a black lady on TV and she ain't no maid. And so that spawned this lifelong love of Star Trek, which, spoiler alert, my I think my first introduction to Whoopi Goldberg was probably the character Guinan on Star Trek The Next Generation. Really? Yes. She's the bartender, and her species knows stuff. She's a bartender? Yeah. Oh, have you not? Okay, okay, calm down, everyone. Like, nerd alert. Um, I'm not, like... <laughs> that noise you're hearing is me storming out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goldberg trained under the acting teacher, Uta Hagen, which is a very good thing. If you're into the acting scene at all, Uta Hagen is one of the like, pioneers of, of a very specific style of Sounds acting. Sounds like a sneeze. Like, <laughs> Uta Hagen. <laughs> um, I was in New Visions Theater Arts when I was younger, and we did a little bit of the Uta Hagen stuff. Um, yeah. Is that sounds like a glee club, like New Direction. No, <laughs> we did not sing. Okay, okay. <laughs> New Visions, we're not about to singing. Um... She first appeared on screen in 1982 in Citizen, I'm Not Losing My Mind, I'm Giving It Away, which is an avant-garde ensemble feature by San Francisco filmmaker William Far Fairley. Neither of us found that movie. No. Um, Goldberg created The Spook Show, a one-woman show comprised of different character monologues in 1983. Director Mike Nichols offered to take the show to Broadway. The show, retitled Whoopi Goldberg for its Broadway incarnation, ran from October 24th, 1984 to March 10th, 1985, which is a pretty long run for yeah. a one-woman show. It's crazy. Um, like, um... Uh, Oprah has like the master class or whatever and she goes oh I'm stealing a bunch of you're gonna hear clips today in this episode Ooh. from Oprah's master class and on Whoopi Goldberg I mean it's great I, I, I she says a lot of it was like she thought she was gonna be a Broadway star for she, you know she's like I love the audience and I didn't think that I could you know be um, a part of uh, uh, like on the, in the movies like that just wasn't yeah. she had no um, there's, there's actually very specific phone conversation she had with Mike Nichols about like not thinking she could perform. Mm -hmm. Then Mike Nichols came, and he said, I, I love the show. Uh, I'd love to produce it for you. I was like, oh, okay. And I thought he was kidding. And my phone rang, you know, about a month and a half later, and said, this is Mr. Nichols. I was like, hi. Uh, how you doing? He was like, I'm very well. How are you? I was like, oh, I'm good. And he said, would you like to talk about places we might do your show? And I said, you were serious. I thought you were kidding. He said, no, no, I was serious. And I said, well, I don't know if you want to really take me because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of hit and miss sometimes. Sometimes I really suck. And he said, when was the last time you really sucked? I said, well, I think a couple of weeks ago. I did a show and I thought it really sucked. He said, well, do you think you suck more often or less often? And I said, I, I think I suck less often. He said, well, I'm willing to gamble on that. <laughs> it's okay. And then six months later, uh, we were at the Lyceum. So, yeah, so it's, uh, it's very cool to, like, uh, find out about, like, 
the stuff that she started out as, because I think people oftentimes think of Whoopi Goldberg as starting out as a stand-up, yeah. and that's a misnomer. Yeah. She was not a stand-up. Yeah. She was doing one-woman shows on Broadway, which is a completely different beast. They were yeah. comedic shows, yeah. but... she. I mean, and she says she was, like, doing... Uh, no one was giving her a chance to produce anything to show off that she was an actress, um, and she was, like, in these groups, uh, you know, doing comedy and stuff, and decided, you know, I'm gonna just start doing my own one-woman show, and, and you know, luckily, her you know, talent and her star was shining bright and someone, you know, Mike Nichols said, hey, let's let's produce you a real show. And At the time, people didn't really think uh, young women of color could do a lot. I don't, I don't know what that means, but I know that I had to write a show so they could see what I was a- capable of doing. And in there was the valley girl and the little old lady and the lady with the disability and all of the characters I created. I was in the beach with like all my friends, or like all my friends with me. I don't know, we we're all together. <laughs> I'm like, this, I mean, this total hunk Ola, okay? This total hunk comes over to me and he goes like, hi. And I was totally not ready for like this heavy conversation, okay? <laughs> so like, you know, like I said hi and he said hi and we said hi, okay? So like then he said he was having a party and did I want to go? So I said okay and he said okay and we said okay, okay. And it's because of that show that led her to her first like big breakout, which was... Which was The Color Purple. Yeah. So Steven Spielberg, uh, he saw her performance um, and he was about to direct The Color Purple. Um, Alice Walker also had seen it. Yes, Al- yeah. And, uh, who was the author of The Color Purple? And he got the job on Color Purple because of Quincy Jones, who, like, talked him into it, even though Spielberg himself was like, no, hire a black person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of like that story, just because Quincy Jones was like, yeah. we're going to bring out a wider audience, like, at the time, yeah. I think. And I think it's crazy. I mean, Quincy Jones, you know, I guess, was able to get the rights and to make this, get this movie started. And he said, we're going to get the biggest, baddest, you know, director of the time doing these huge summer blockbuster movies, and we're going to make the Color Purple, which, you know... For the time, I think it was like a very uh, difficult. I mean, the movie's like all about women and their oh, experience yeah. and black women and their experience. I, I still think it's a difficult text. I think I I just saw the movie for the first time. Yeah. Um, and I think perhaps not under Spielberg's watch, it might have been. There's, I mean, there's always an opportunity. It's either going to be a worse film or a better film. I think it would have been a little less cartoony. I do feel like that there's. Yeah very Steven Spielberg-esque moments, yeah, you know, like sure. the villains are shot from below and uh-huh. like things are kind of sillier and clearly he backed away and he said himself in interviews, he backed away from the lesbian subplot, uh-huh. um, which he wishes he hadn't now. Uh, but I, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a really good movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yes, uh, that was her, she was offered the lead in the film. Casual. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in the, the Masterclass interview, she says she, like, wrote to Alice Walker and was like, I'll play dirt in this movie. <laughs> and Alice was like, um, sweetie, I've seen, like, all of your shows, and don't worry, I passed her name along to Steven. Well, that's one of the interesting things, I think, about talking about Whoopi Goldberg, too, is she's very passionate about a lot of things, and she's not somebody who backs down on things that she likes issues that are important to her and things that she wants to do. And you'll find that all throughout her career, um, except for one very specific noteworthy mention, which we'll probably talk about later. But the, like, she has stuck to her guns about, like, you know, be it uh, wanting this role in The Color Purple or wanting to get the movie Serafina made, uh, which she leveraged essentially her role in Sister Act. Yeah, and it's crazy because she... Either she also seems to me like someone who knows how to play the Hollywood game. Like absolutely, she also on the on the flip of that, she's like, okay, I'll make this, get some money, and you know, and now she's. I, I think she 
you know, she has, she, the, she's produced so much. Like, yeah, her body of work is insane. And I can just imagine her being like, okay, well, I need to do this to like get the next thing done. And, you know, I'm just going to do it, whatever. It's not a big deal. And she had like a big, I mean, her and Disney have had a huge relationship for oh, a long absolutely. time. And that's, I mean, that's still going strong with the yeah. view because the view is owned by ABC. ABC is owned by Disney. Yeah. And so it's a very symbiotic relationship and, and a very smart one by her. I will counter, I do think she knows how to play the Hollywood game very well, but I will say, Hollywood has also not necessarily treated her the best. And, oh, for um, sure. 10,000%. Yeah. Absolutely. And like it, we talked about this a little bit with Anne Hathaway last episode, which is that like Hollywood's always had a women problem. And with Whoopi Goldberg, it's slightly different because she was never the, the pretty white ingenue. Yep. I mean, she's beautiful. She uh-huh. is, be- especially if you watch some of those earlier films. Yeah. She's great. Uh, um, but, uh, but there's definitely a turning point where they stop casting her as a lead and started casting her as a character actor. Yeah. Not many people have the opportunities to move from lead to character actor, so it's at least a saving grace yeah. that she... But, like, I mean, it, I, as a black woman, I, I can't imagine how hard it's probably been for her. And it's, like, a testament to her talent that she's able to, you know... She's so versatile. I mean, the first thing she we ever see her in is The Color Purple, where yeah. she's... It's a super dramatic role, and then immediately it's like, snaps into place where she's doing... Basically, variations of herself where she's yeah. like kind of like sassy black woman. Well, that's what, that's what's interesting too about her career is like you watch those early clips from Broadway where she's she's playing these characters and like I said, it's not a stand up routine. She's not really telling jokes. She's embodying these characters that are very funny. Yeah. And so then she gets she gets cast in color purple and she plays a consistent character throughout. Yep. But then the movies immediately following that, you have things like um, Jumping Jack Flash, Burglar, Fatal Beauty, Fatal Beauty. Where she's then cast to play a person who occasionally dresses like, like goes a little bit undercover as other people. Yeah. Because they're trying to bring that aspect of like, this is Whoopi Goldberg and this is what she does. She plays other people. I don't think that always necessarily works. No. I think when she's allowed to have a character throughout a film with a clear story, and even when you don't think she's like playing a character, Sister Act's a really good example. She's playing a very specific character. She's not playing Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And, uh, but I think in things like, you know, Jumpin' Jack Flash and Burglar, I think they were just like, oh, just be do, more Whoopi. Yeah, just do Whoopi. Like, and, <laughs> like, and I think at the time they were like, I think the time was right or, you know, it was becoming like, oh, look at this funny black lady. Like, and, and she was accessible for mainstream white audiences to be like, oh, how funny that this, you know, sassy kind of um, whip smart, um, you know, kind of, she curses a lot and like, oh, so like scandalous, but like just enough. For these audiences. And so it kept happening over and over again. And those movies at the beginning, after Color Purple, run together for me. I'm like, yeah, she's, they, they loved her in a good, like, buddy comedy. They loved her in a cop role or like, yeah. Know, oh, and, I mean, that's well, essentially like that tri- Like, I feel like that's a trilogy of her, like, solving crimes. Yeah. And like, and, or like, and I think in Burglar, she is like, she's the thief. Like, she's like, the thief, but she still has like a mystery to yeah. solve. Um, I do want to give her credit though for those films because regardless of quality, she was always entertaining, and regardless of how well she was cast, I think she was completely miscast in Fatal. Fatal Beauty is this, like, very... Um, the most 80s movie I think I've ever seen in my life, <laughs> exactly. honestly. Like, it's a very, like, lethal weapon, yeah. that sort of buddy cop film, but she's the only cop in it. Her love interest slash partner, um, by, played by Sam Elliott, I believe. Yes. And, um, well, he's... 
He's not. He's he's like the bodyguard uh, of, of the, bad the bad guy, guy mm-hmm. who's like sent to tail her, who falls in love with her. Yeah, and it's just like it's not that it's out of her range. It's just that like I feel like it's a similar situation to Beverly Hills Cop, where they took a serious script that they were going to give to a serious person, and then they cast Eddie Murphy, and he was like, "No, let's make this funny." Yeah, and I feel like that's what they wanted for her, and I feel like that's not what. But Whoopi Goldberg's not going to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to show up and give you fucking jokes." Yeah. Oh, girl, get it, girl. Oh, look at her throwing it this way, throwing it that way, throwing him around her neck. Oh, girl, that's too much. Stop that. Stop that. Oh, you. Oh, ooh, too much for me, honey. Ah, get it. What? What you want? I want a Casa Blanche, please. And don't speak no Spanish to me because I don't understand what the fuck you're saying. Do you want a glass? Say what? Do you want a glass? Do I want... No, wrap it in a taco, dumb motherfucker. Yes, I want a glass. What is this? Don't be doing this shit to me, honey. Because I know you people. <laughs> was like, uh, no, I'm an actress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, she's funny, but, like, she is first and foremost an actress. You give her the material and she, like, runs with it. Absolutely. Eddie Murphy, obviously, is, like, a stand-up comedian, like, hilarious yeah. human being. And that's not saying that she can't elevate material. No. Like, she clearly elevated the script of Ghost. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, the, uh, but it's, it's an interesting thing. I did want to, before we move into the movies we watch, I did want to say she's also been an amazing activist she's been a gay rights activist for a very long time yeah though she is not gay herself correct and she's said it in many interviews though there's still the rumors i mean she's been she married three different men over the years yeah though it's funny i've listened to a thing where she's like oh yeah i didn't love any of them which is cold whippy she said <laughs> there's a great interview she's like i don't want anyone in my house yes <laughs> like she and again with this oprah interview she's like i just, like, don't like answering to anyone. Yeah. She's like, I thought I needed to get married to be normal, so I did it a couple times. <laughs> I'm not a good marrying person. <laughs> I always think if I, I always thought if I was married, I'd be closer to normal. But as it turns out, I'm just not normal, and it's something I've come to accept. I went to live with a very nice uh, guy. I liked him, and, and he liked me, and... They said, let's get married. And I thought, well, yeah, that's probably a good idea. I thought that if I if I made, if I structured a life that way, uh, I would feel more like everyone else. And it was good, you know, but it wasn't for me. But I got this very strange and wonderful child out of it. She's like, I'm glad I have my daughter, but like, whatever, bye, man. And I do like the fact that she she always brings up that she's very happy about her yeah. her daughter. And like, that's really cool. But uh, in 2010, Goldberg joined Cindy Lauper in the launch of her Give a Damn campaign to bring about wider awareness for discrimination against the LGBTQ community. Campaign aid, uh, aims to bring straight people to ally with the gay and lesbian, bisexual, transgender community. Uh, other names... Blah, blah, blah. You don't need to hear the other names because this is about her. Mm-hmm. But it, it's very cool that she did that. And also, in 1987, years before it was a popular cause, she participated in the March on Washington, uh, which was uh, of activism uh, against, like, the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. to be like, you know, Ronald Reagan fucking do something. Yeah. And that's to me, is, like, yeah, I mean, the highest, like, that's amazing that she... She went ahead and did that. And I, th- I wonder if that's, like, about, you know, she's a New Yorker through and through. Like, yeah. she saw what was happening, like, in her community and her people. I mean, she's from a theater. Right. And that's, and that's, I, I think that's hard when you, when you live in a, you know, this is not, if you were living in a rural area and you're listening to this, this is not us bashing you, but, like, it is different when you have a wide variety of people out your door. And because of that, you find a community and watching that community be decimated, I'm sure, was not her cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. Um, so, uh... 
Okay, so I saw a lot, but I think you saw more. So how about I'll go through what I saw and then you fill in the blanks what else you saw. Okay, absolutely. Because okay, we cannot be talking about what we saw for a million years. Um, so I saw Sister Act, Sister Act 2. I mean, first of all, I have seen both of those movies a million times. Right. Not I saw, but um, I, I saw. I, the funny thing is, is I, ch- I you told specifically chose not to rewatch them just because I have such a definitive, like, opinions on them that like I, I there's nothing more i would have gained no i'm watching them um i i see them a lot at um musical mondays at the gay bars so it's <laughs> great um you i go to gay bars i know shocking <laughs> um i saw ghost for the first time i saw the color purple for the first time i love that you saw ghost for the first i know time. i i only had known it in gifts before <laughs> um i saw jumpin jack flash um have seen lion king um have seen stella how stella got her groove back i rewatched karina karina I have seen Rat Race. Um, I saw A Girl Interrupted, but also, like, probably didn't need to. You know, there's a lot of movies also that she's in, but, like... Well, that's part of the thing, like, that I was mentioning. It's, like, it's probably around, like, 96, where Hollywood suddenly decided she's no longer a viable star. So she then just became a a character actor. And In fact, sorry to bring it back to, like, her bio, but from August 2006 to March 2008, Goldberg hosted Wake Up Whoopi, a nationally syndicated morning radio talk and entertainment program so this was pre the view in october of 2007 goldberg announced on the air that she would be retiring from acting which is not true because she still makes movies Mm -hmm. uh because she no longer she is no longer sent scripts saying you know there's no room for a very talented whoopee there's no room right now in the marketplace of cinema and like i think that's a very real thing she's had to contend with at certain points in her career i mean i wonder like there's buddy action comedy right. whatever stuff it's like a young man's game i guess yeah right? absolutely and then, and then like what do you do with a... i mean i mean she's basically the only one they cast it. i mean every now and then like the <laughs> the one that i randomly think of is kathleen turner and vi warshowski like there's no <laughs> this is a movie nobody else excuse has seen. me <laughs> yeah uh if you can find vr warshowski vi warshowski by the way you should watch it it's hilarious i'm so, sure it's so says gavin i'm sure it's super problematic it came out in the late <laughs> oh 80s. for sure but uh but like women don't get to star in cop movies no. so like the fact that she did for you know for three of them technically i know burglar she's not a cop but she plays the role of cop essentially so. yeah um okay i also watched the long walk home um i watched fiddle beauty uh i watched made in america i watched seraphina Ooh, what a ride <laughs> um i have seen for color girls no one should have to see that twice no um i saw boys in the side um, I have seen the Page Master. I have seen the Little Rascals, um, which he's barely in. I was gonna say, do you really count that? Um, I saw Soap Dish and loved it. Also, a little problematic though. Yeah, yeah, um, it's problematic in the end, but it's so good. Uh, she was a voice in Toy Story Three. I saw that. Um, I have seen Monkey Bone. I don't remember anything about it, so whatever. I keep, I kept forgetting to watch it, so I did not see it. What? I mean, we can just dismiss that. Um, I saw Moonlight and Valentino. I saw Kingdom Come. Um, I saw Burglar. Uh, I saw like a good three quarters of Theodore Rex. <laughs> um, I saw. I feel like I have seen Eddie, and I like rewatched half of it. Um, and oh, and of course, obviously, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella. <laughs> Did you find that and rewatch that? No, but I've, I. Yeah, I, yeah. Again, like I grew up on the like Sunday ABC like right. family movie night, whatever, and that was just a magical moment for me. So everything that you have mentioned. Um, except for what I said, I didn't get a, like Monkey Bone, I didn't, and, uh, Moonlight and Valentino, you didn't M- watch. Moonlight and Valentino, I did not watch. Um, I think the only things that I watched then, um, that you didn't get a chance to watch were, uh, The Associate, Bogus, 
Um, I did watch all of Eddie and Claire's Heart. Claire's Heart. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Claire's Heart already, and I literally watched it today. Um, <laughs> well, so well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I think that might be it because you even yeah you even saw the Long Walk Home. So I'm like, impressed. I think, I think our only uh, hole is like what Ghosts of Mississippi. Yes, which I meant to watch and I kept forgetting. It's on my list and yeah. Oh, the player. I oh I've seen the player. Sorry, I yeah I love. I mean, players Robert Altman. So and she's great in it. Um, yeah, everything else kind of like seems like I mean. Oh, and I saw the Deep End of the Ocean, which you did not see. No, I did not. I mean, there's also like, uh, she's like a voice in Racing Stripes. And right. I guess she's she's done so much work in TV and so much work like in voicing things yeah. that we kind of had to be very choosy about what we. I mean, we only had two weeks, mm-hmm. and like the amount of film she is in could fill up like a, yeah. a month long retrospective. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I did watch, she had a very short lived sitcom. Whoopi. In 2004. Uh, and uh, yeah, called Whoopi. And I watched the first episode of that, which is all up on YouTube. So if you're interested in watching her sitcom, there it is. It's all there on YouTube. Wow. Um, so she, I, oh, I forgot she was in top five. I saw top five in the theater. Oh, I saw top five. You didn't like top five? No, I did not. I don't like top five. That's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't hate you that much. And, and it's not, I mean, once again, she's barely, playing herself. She's, yeah, she's playing herself. herself and she's barely there. Yeah. Um, she is in Star Trek. Yes. She's Next in Generation. The, the show. But is she in a movie or not? Well, she, yeah, she's in Star Trek Generations and Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, Star Trek Nemesis, her role is very, very small. Um, she was in Star Trek Next Generation starting in the second season. Because uh, they didn't introduce Ten Forward until then, I believe. Which was the the bar that she ran um that's where cool. everybody it's sort of like if you work in a fancy big building sometimes they have cafes and then like that oh so, yeah, yeah yeah we know all about that obviously. yeah exactly. <laughs> um those trinidadian men are very nice they're so nice. they really are they're the nicest they always say hi my friend how can i help you <laughs> yeah, exactly um anyway just some some goss <laughs> yeah for us in the work office. chat <laughs> um i don't even know where to start gavin because there is so much stuff and i have so many feelings about so many of these movies i know you have copious notes and i this is one of the few times and i am i am nerdy as fuck i am a note taker Uh i am a i feel bad i feel underprepared now i feel like i'm not the star of the class at the moment and so you could back off a little bit well kevin first of all you never were you never will be i want you to know the listeners have spoken (gasps) speaking of listeners spoken are we going to talk about our poll we did we'll talk about at the end of the episode okay because i have feelings on that too I have lots of feelings today, Kevin. Uh, where where would you like to start? Would you like to start with our top? Would you like to start with our bottom? Would you like to start? At- Let's start with our bottoms. Okay. Just because I feel like because uh, I feel like her highs are so high. Yes. And but I guess her lows are very low as well. She is two time Academy Award winner. Two time, um, yeah. But also she has been nominated a couple times for some Razzies. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I um want to talk about the Razzie in the room. I don't believe in the Razzies. I oh. think it's a shitty thing to do to someone. Wow. Um, I think the joke is, like, funny once, but at yeah. this point it's just, like... But now it's yeah. just, like, kind of, like, oh, let's get people talking. And, and also there's so many fucking bad movies, there's not yeah. enough time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly garbage. Um, I want you to go first, though. Okay. So, if we're going for our bottom... Yes. It's funny, because you were literally watching it as I walked in. Yes. And it is the movie Eddie. Wow. Yeah. Um, Eddie is a comedy that came out in, I want to say, 96? 96. Well, this is around the, the, the sort of end of Whoopi Goldberg as a lead. And I think this is very indicative of the type of film that she was getting at the time. Because she also did a movie in the same year 
which is not like an amazing film, but it is a better version of the same story, which I just think is a weird, very weird thing. Yeah, 96. Mm -hmm. 96, she did uh, Eddie, Bogus, and The Associate. What What a big year for her. Uh, and also goes to Mississippi. Wow, she was she was all busy. over the place. Yeah. Um, so Eddie is a film in which she plays a character named Eddie, who is a New York Knicks fan, and she's constantly yelling at the coach. Um, she's and a limo driver. Yeah, she's a limo driver, and um, and the team is bought by Frank Langella, who's a Southerner who cannot do a Southern accent to save his life. <laughs> um, and he's like a showman. And so he basically hires her out of, like, she just hap- he just happens to be in her cab. And then he hears her one night from his box because yeah. she's, well, like. Well, there's a contest. Like, yes. There's a contest where it's, like. Coach a ha- for a day. Yeah, halftime challenge. Or, like, become a coach for a day. And then he just, like, loves her or whatever. Gosh. Yeah. And, um, and my problem with the movie is, first of all, she's annoying as fuck. And I've never found her annoying in really? any movie. Yeah, and maybe it's my lack of interest in anything sports. Uh-huh. But I was just, like, good God somebody shut her the fuck up. Like, she, uh, like, this is grating. Um, and I've never found her that way in any movie. ESPN? Yeah, put me on with this place. We've got a hot one on line four. Eddie from Manhattan. Eddie from Manhattan. You're on live with Wild Bill Burgess. Billy, you really want a mascot, babe? You need to put a saddle on Bailey and ride his ass around Central Park all night. That's what you need. <laughs> well, you know, if that didn't sell tickets, I might consider it, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. And don't call me hun. Which I thought was the weirdest thing. So maybe it was just the character she decided to play in this film, but it just triggered something in me that was just like... You were hashtag triggered. Yeah, but <laughs> and perhaps, like I said, perhaps it's the whole, like, I don't get sports. I wasn't raised on sports. And so, like, when I see somebody that passionate about it, I'm just like, shut up. You're like, but why? Yeah, exactly. But the other thing is, the 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 movie is built on the premise that, like, wouldn't, like, it tries to code it as, like, wouldn't it be funny if a civilian became a basketball coach? But really, it's, wouldn't it be funny if a woman became a basketball coach? Uh-huh. And that joke is the entire movie. And I don't understand, like, what, like, that prevailing joke is not funny. It's never funny. And it's, like I said, she did this other movie called The Associate at the same year, which is not a great film, but it's got some really funny moments. And that movie's premise is, like, um, it's hard for women to exist in a man's world when we make everything about men. And for that movie, it's Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Um, she creates a fictional male partner, um, for her, business so she'll be taken more serious and then he becomes like an instant success because she just keeps making up bigger bigger lies about him and eventually builds to her and makeup which does not work she looks like marlon Ugh. oh yeah she looks like marlon brando, Are you telling me there's brando. Drag? like oh yeah oh, God. uh but she like they they she also the only like asset to her name when she leaves her job is her father's uh brownstone that he left to her in which she has tenants and one of those tenants is a drag queen and so it's very, uh. it's very Mrs. Doubtfire. I will admit their portrayal is not as problematic as it could be for 96. Okay, great. But, but like, it's very Mrs. Doubtfire where he's like a makeup artist. Like the first time you see him, he's dressed as a, um, a Barbara Streisand. Of course. And like, yeah, exactly. And the next time you see him, he's dressed as Cher, you know, and he's Ethel Merman at Did one they do point. the joke where it's like, it looks like a woman and he like has his low voice? Oh no, they wow. don't. Like the, from the moment you meet him, it's Some like restraint. Some yeah. restraint. <laughs> exactly. He's in 96. But, uh, but as I was saying, so that movie, 
works on a level in which it's like the joke is not about the fact that she's a woman in a man's world. It's about it's sort of tough. And yeah, it's a very tootsie formula formula, yeah. but like it's really tough to for for these like male oriented job like that society says is a male oriented job when it can equally be done by a woman, but no one will listen to her because we're a sexist society. Yeah. That is it's never addressed in Eddie because if it was the movie would collapse in on it. Uh-huh. And do they do a thing where like she walks into like the locker room and everyone's like, Aah! yeah, there's oh, absolutely a scene. And the joke then becomes, she starts like making fun of one of the players. Cause he has an incredibly small penis. Great. And, but like, but they can't like really address the fact that like the, the sexist aspect. And it's, it's this, just this weird mess of a movie. And what makes it even worse. And I'm going to spoil it for you because I really don't even think as a, as a critic, it's not my job to ever tell you to see a movie or not see a movie, but like you would be wasting your time. Watch uh-huh. this movie. <laughs> but also but, don't. Yeah, but uh but at the end of the movie, they you know, Franklin Jell is like, I'm gonna sell the New York Knicks to St. Louis. And uh if they win this next game, which will get them into the playoffs. And she basically like tricks him into agreeing not to sell. Like she does like a big public statement and he's like, Oh, I would never sell, you know, and she's like, I have your word on that. Like, and then they win the game. But that's the game to get into the playoffs, and the movie ends. <laughs> So, like, it doesn't even take you as far as the playoffs, which I am to understand, as a non-sports person, is a pretty important thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like the step one. Like, that was, like, the first step into, like, an extended uh, sports thing. On top of that, they used a lot of actual basketball players Mm -hmm. um, to play the roles, and they're bad. They're real bad. Except for, is it Rick Fox? Rick Fox, who is an actor now. Yeah, who is an actor now, and uh, married to Elijah Dushku, Faith from Buffy the Man. Really? Yep. Um, I mean, he's very attractive. So yeah, oh yeah, and he's good in his like limited role. But there's this whole thing about like how he's a cheater, and so like she tries to like sneak in his room at one point, and he brings like a woman up. She's hiding under the bed, and she like comes out from under the bed to scold him for being with a woman that's not his wife. And it turns out it is his wife. And <sighs> but it's one of those things where like she turns into like a crazy a, like a, woman, yeah, oh. a, cra- a crazy matron who's there to mommy them and not like not and like. It's Gross. just joke after joke after joke about the fact that she has a vagina and therefore can't, like, coach a basketball team. Well, and that's it's so what I always thought, Gavin. So I'm glad you're breaking down barriers, yeah. breaking down walls. It, it, it was the most frustrating hour and 45 minutes uh, of this past two weeks, I, I have to say. Wow. When did you see Eddie? So I saw Eddie probably on uh, Thursday or Friday of last week. I yeah. feel like, and I told you this, like, I... There were other movies that were contenders until that point when it blew everything out of the water. <laughs> well, speaking of contenders, I have so many contenders and I'm just like struggling. And my, my first um, thought was I, I've seen Four Color Girls uh, uh, like years ago. And I saw them on the same day. And Four Color Girls is trash and still I hate it anymore. Yeah. And so Four Color Girls, I was like, is, is my worst, you know, movie, um, Four Color Girls, where she plays like a weird cult Christian character. I mean, a, a person who became a cult Christian character because, sorry, I have ice in my mouth. I'm going to sound a little weird. We're um, drinking. Yeah. Um, because she was sexually abused by her father. Yeah, the movie is- And retreated into religion. And there's no, like, the, the entire movie is that. And I enjoy um, Tyler Perry's movies when they're fun and campy. But a lot of times he has this really fun thing where he does, like, and he, like, um, punishes his characters if they, like, aren't Christian enough. Or right. if they, like... Cheat on well, someone, like... I have a side anecdote for... Well, because that movie is incredibly homophobic, by the way. Oh, 10,000%. Um, Four Color Girls is absolutely homophobic, which I think is, you know, some weird thing that Tyler Perry has to deal with, and I'm not saying too much. Uh-huh. But, uh, but, um, 
On a sidebar, I have an anecdote about that movie, which is the woman who wrote the, the, play. It's the play, which is all poems and dance. Um, so that's why the movie has all these monologues in it. Um, she was not really happy that Tyler Perry, and it turns out he wasn't the progenitor of that film. A woman had purchased the rights from her and then sold it to a company and asked Tyler Perry to get involved, and he said he would only get involved if they gave it to him. So they fired this woman and gave the movie to Tyler Perry. Jesus Christ. So fuck him. Yeah. Seriously, fuck him. And so he wrote the plot around the, um, uh, around the poems. So there is no homophobia in the original play. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he does this all the time though. It's like all about like, oh, I mean, Janet Jackson's character in that movie, like, her husband is cheating on her with a man, and so she gets AIDS. Right. And, and she gets AIDS. See, that's what kills me. Like, A, the, the assumption that he's, he's gay and automatically has AIDS. And B, when she confronts him about being gay, he's like, no, being gay is like holding hands and kissing people, but I'm just having sex with yeah. them. Like, it was the most homophobic tirade I've seen yeah. in a movie because there's literally like there's that there's also like the amount this of was violence 2010 the amount of, the amount of violence towards women in that movie yeah. that like that are unearned it's unearned and like it's it's um, like a, a, Anika Noni Rose and her story is horrifying yeah is Tarashi Pants in that movie I think she is it's, no it's whoever. They throw some fucking kids out a window, and it is yeah, horrifying. They throw some children out a window, and they make I this. I could not. I could not believe it. And the movie fucking fades to white yeah. after that. Like, and then also, um, Macy Gray is giving abortions. Yes, in this movie. Yes, and, and she has that. She has one of the best monologues in the play. But they've decided to like because she's giving an abortion to um, oh my the God. girl who's now Valkyrie in Thor. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, Tessa Thompson. Tessa, yeah, she's giving a. a which, by the way, Tessa Thompson is the daughter of Whoopi Goldberg and her sister is Lanny Newton. They genetically explain any of that. Um, but, yes, uh, yes. But, um, she, yeah, Macy Gray gives her an abortion in that movie and it's this beautiful monologue. But she gives her some drugs beforehand. And so... I think the, you see a wire. Yeah, you, like a yeah, yeah. hanger. And as it's happening to, like, the dialogue gets all echoey and whatnot because Tessa Thompson's, like, been dosed. And it's just like... You are the fucking hackiest filmmaker. Sorry. Garbage. Still, not as bad as Eddie. Still, <laughs> and, yeah. So, and I thought, is that my, like, least favorite movie? And I was like, you know what? No. Because that's, she, uh, she's only a part of that movie. And so I'm not, like, giving all of the badness to her. Um, and then I thought, I just um, saw Theodore Rex. And there's a long story there. With, yes. So um, if you if, if you want to read the craziest story, craziest, um, you can go to Slash Film. Uh, Blake J. Harris, who does all the backstories for, um, uh, I suddenly can't think of their podcast. Um, I mentioned well, before. Well, how does how, how does, does that get yeah. made? So I highly recommend going to Slash Film and and reading the backstory on that movie. And I mentioned this sort of earlier about like she's really convicted and she really sticks to her convictions. Except exactly. <laughs> So this movie, she gave a verbal agreement to them that she would star in it, yeah. and then she tried to back out because it was a fucking disaster, and yeah. she knew it. But it's crazy because the filmmakers literally were like, uh-uh, we got the receipts. Exactly. And literally, it was an, an, answer, audio, an, an audio recording, right? It was right. an answering machine. Oh, an answering machine. Yeah. they said, are you 100% in this? And she said, yes, I'm in. And at, at like, the court that, with the judge, they were like, um, no, she said yes. Here's the, the we got the tapes. So, so they had to bring her in and it was, they, I think she charged two million more than she yeah. was asking for. Yeah. And she kept referring to the producer said that every time she addressed him, she would call him motherfucker. motherfucker. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun backstory to read. I highly recommend checking out the backstory of that. She, I don't think she's ever spoken publicly about it no, because I doubt the it. movie did so poorly in test screenings. They dropped it to direct to video. Video and it was the most expensive direct to video movie at the time. Thirty five million dollars for a direct to video movie. That is not a drop in a bucket. No, and I so I didn't finish all of it 
But also, I feel like I'm okay with that in my life. I fell asleep twice during it. I watched it on the train. I went back home upstate last I, this weekend. What's insane though is like they like on in the interviews the the filmmakers said you know, you know the the script was you know really gritty sci fi buddy um, you know cop drama where the buddy just happened to be a dinosaur and and I was like and so they're trying to like ex- like say like no 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 like I promise it was gonna be like really like gritty. And, but it, it's, it's a kid's, it really, it's, it's a kid's movie and yeah. it's not even a good kid's movie. No. It's, um. And it's, it's not even her movie. It like, it's the dinosaurs yeah, movie. Yeah. She's like plays, uh, kind of like the bad cop or like angry cop or like, right. she's Who's, like, she's like, oh, you're a dinosaur. You can't be a detective. Who's part cyborg for no reason uh-huh. other than at the end she gets shut down. So he has to save the day. Yeah. It's a lot of, uh, weird... you can tell she doesn't want to be there. Oh yeah. Yeah. The entire movie. Welcome to Dead Storage. Who's gonna die? Nobody's dying. We're looking for the toy maker. Never heard of him. I mean, you never heard of him. Come on, we know he's here. Where is he? Who wants to know? Who are you? I'm the guy from the bag. You want me to get in that bag with you and snatch you to pieces? Ooh, I love it, baby. And it's crazy, though, because they put her in this, like, latex thing and so she kind of like looks she's a very beautiful woman i don't think we've ever seen her do sexy though yeah and so it was kind of like jarring for her to do like when the movie starts she's like doing actiony sexy stuff and i'm like what is happening i don't she wasn't playing like the uh she for me she has two modes it's like uh kind of uh character actor you know doing wise, uh, soul-searching things, or she's playing, like, variations of herself. And yeah. this is, like, neither of those. And so no. I'm like, what? She's ne- I will say um, Hollywood loves to put some fucking, like, um, romantic things no matter what. Like, at the end of these movies, like, in Burglar and yeah. Fatal Beauty at the very end, it's like, here's a kiss for no reason, like, with the, with the guy. She talks about Fatal Beauty on, because uh, she was on Johnny Carson about Burglar mm-hmm. doing press for that. And she's like, I'm doing this other movie right now where I play a cop and I actually have a love interest because people keep complaining I don't have a love interest. It's insane though. I'm like, I don't need Whoopi Goldberg right. to like randomly have these romantic Me subplots. Me neither. Um, but anyway, Theodore Rex is kind of like interesting to watch us because like you can't believe this fucking debacle was even made. My my other favorite part of that article was when they were like they went to Con that year and Dragonheart premiered. Yeah, and they were like the CG dragon. They were just like we're, we're fucked. fucked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even with all that, and I, I think people should watch it just to like see like what a crazy shit show this got made. Um, even through all that, I, I still don't think that's her worst movie. For me, her worst movie is Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come, which I did not see. That was the one, one of the ones I didn't see. I, I love, um, black comedies. Like, and uh, when I say black comedies, I mean like, you know, these are like African American kind of black, uh, uh, they, the huge casts of all these comedians coming together and to like just riff off each other and like, have lulls in the vein of, like, Barbershop. I think a lot of Tyler Perry movies, though, are problematic. Like, I think they're pretty funny and silly, and I, I, I enjoy them. This was not that. And, I mean, it's crazy, because LL Cool J is in there. Um, J.F. Pinkett Smith is in there. And by, and by black comedies, do you mean, like, Neil Butte's remake of Death at a Funeral? Yes, 10,000%. Yeah. It's very dark. <laughs> um, and Whoopi Goldberg plays the matriarch in this movie, and her um, husband dies, and her... So the whole family has to come together... To like throw his funeral or whatever, and she like really hates him. Um, she like hates her husband. She wants to put on his tombstone, um, cruel and miserable. Well, he was mean. Mean. Mean as a snake. I see. And surly. 
third. Sister, I didn't know Brother Slocum well, but to me, he seemed a quiet man, a man of inner strength, a man that knew his own mind, kept his own counsel, and was at peace with the world, a wise, noble, gentle man. Well, that's because you didn't know him till he got old and sick. But he was mean, and he was right surly. She's funny. That sounds like my Twitter name, which is Friendless Mean. <laughs> oh my god, hello, me. Well, that's, that's how I want to die. It's friendless and mean. <laughs> so. Perfect. Um, and she's not the, like, the main star of this movie, but like everything kind of revolves around her because she's like trying to bring this family together, and uh, LL Cool J's feeling like, oh no, I you know didn't live up to what my father wanted me to be, and Everyone has like these crazy marital, you know, things. Vivica Fox is in that movie, and she's she also plays a drunk fairy godmother. Yes, in film as well. same, same thing as Ellen Enchanted. <laughs> um, uh, uh, what's what's the guy who's on Blackish right now? Um, oh, Anthony Anthony Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. He's in the movie and is just like awful. Um, he's married to Jada Pinkett Smith's character, who's also very awful. I want to say. Um, Tony Braxton is in this movie? Really? Yeah. Are you sure it's not Tamar? No, it's Tony for sure. Because <laughs> um, she's just like, no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, it, it's just like all garbage over the top. And I kind of what you were saying with Eddie, she is so loud and, and like kind of annoying in that movie. I kind of would get that when I was like all those early movies where she's playing kind of very just of herself. I'm like, oh, I enjoy Whoopi when she's a little softer. Not see, so I, don't, I, don't, I don't even mind when she's an asshole. Like, that's not my, but I can see, like, there's a, there's a tipping point. And, like, I do think it is a well, character choice when she makes it, you know? Well, it's crazy. I mean, so it, it doesn't, like, really bother me, but I just prefer her when she's not being so loud. Yeah. And it's crazy because in this movie, she's the softest person in this movie. And it feels like every black comedian that was in this was, like, I need to, like, ramp it up to 15. And so Jada Pinkett Smith in this movie is atrocious. Like, is it, she, like, Gotham level or beyond that? Beyond Gotham oh level. Oh, my God. She oh, my is, God. I know. It, it's <laughs> like she was, she's so desperate and thirsty to be, like, just, like, over the top. Uh, like, there's no layers to her character. It is literally just, you know, being sassy and, you know, oh, my man can't take care of me, this and that and this and that. And Anthony Anderson's just like kind of clueless. Uh, Vivica A. Fox is doesn't give. She's playing the straight woman where she's just like, "Come on, y'all, let's just be a family now." So Laura Devine is doing Laura Devine when like I feel like when I they, love Laura Devine. I yeah. love her. Oh, it is Tony Braxton. Yeah, Cedric the Entertainer. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god, that there is an excruciating scene where Cedric the Entertainer plays the pastor um, for this funeral, and there's an awful, awful scene where he uh, like has to go take a dump, I guess. And he, like, he's late to the funeral processions because he's, like, taking a shit. And then he finally gets to the, you know, funeral and he's, like, you know, saying this and that. And um, out of nowhere, he starts, like, farting on stage. And he's, like, oh, excuse me, I gotta go. And he, like, runs off because he's got to, like, poop his pants or whatever. And the family... Wow, this sounds, like, really highbrow. Yeah, and the family comes together through laughter at, you know, and comes, like, oh, look at this shared funny experience we had at our dad's fucking funeral. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And it feels like, as much as Whoopi Goldberg did not want to be in Theodore Rex, I could, like, also see her just, like, being, like, there's literal scenes where she's just kind of, like, sitting and, like, watching things happen. But do you think that's, I mean, the, and this is, I feel bad that I keep coming back to this point, but do you think that's part of the, the, the like, 
Whoopi can't, like, Hollywood has decided Whoopi can't lead a movie now, yeah. so now she has to take these, like, thankless roles. Absolutely. I mean, I guess, and also I was looking at those years, um, like, in 1994 maybe was, like, peak, I think, Whoopi, right? Like, yeah. She, because I, I saw Corona Corona came out in that year, but then, like, once you hit 96, it's, like, all these, like, kind of last grabs. I mean, uh, Corona Corona maybe was the last movie she did where she was playing a, um, Maid character, right? She, yeah, she's played a maid, and th- I was gonna say, and there's a ton of that. Like, there, like, part, uh, if you also want to talk about Hollywood's racism problem, like the amount of ma- like, and I know that's part of her origin story is that that she saw Michelle Nichols on TV and was like, yeah. "This woman's not a maid," but like, and yet, oh, Corinna, Corinna, uh, the long walk home, the long walk home, uh, Cl- Clara's heart, like she plays maids in these movies. Yeah, and she's playing a lot of maids, and and it's weird though because you can see like she does them kind of like. She has different levels of matiness, yeah. I guess. I mean, also in the movies, they're different time periods. So, like, yeah. Corinna Corinna, though, mostly, like, kind of wipes away all of the um, awfulness. It's, it's funny. Corinna Corinna is the, like, cheerful reflection of the Long Walk Home. Yeah. And it, it really is because Long Walk Home is kind of brutal. Not like a... I, I actually, I think the Long Walk Home is a poorly made film, but I think it was a really good movie. Yeah, I like, like the movie a lot, and it... But it's definitely the more harsh side. I mean, Corona yeah. Corona is like there. You kind of forget. I was like, you kind of forget that that movie was is taking place in the time that it does. Right. Literally, the one thing that's like said to them in terms of is like the neighbor who like when she sees Corinna and um, I Ray Liotta, Ray Liotta, like with their arms around each other, starts snipping her hedges louder. Yeah, I think Ray Liotta's dad or mom in that movie is like, like the fish and the uh, bird, bird can they love each other, but where they live? Yeah, I don't know why she's Transylvanian. Yeah, literally, like, like, where are these parents <laughs> from? Don Amici played the grandfather in his last film role, and he's really good, but he barely has any lines. Yeah. So. Um. Uh. So. Yes, I, I think that it, that is a problem because after 1996, around there, like she's playing this kind of like she was more um, like uh, man, what, what's the word I'm trying to look for? It was kind of like a gift, like that they, that filmmakers would drop into these movies. Like, yeah. oh, check out in How Stella Got Her Groove Back. We also got Whoopi. We I was gonna say get- I watched How Stella Got Her Groove Back middle of last week, and until I saw Eddie, it was in my bottom. It was one of my um, because that movie is boring as shit and they have the guts to kill Whoopi off in the middle of it How and there's still 40 minutes left <laughs> that movie also I uh, have some dirt on that movie which tell is funny and I'll spill the, you're gonna spill the tea later you, yeah I'll tell you afterwards okay because it's not it's not relevant to Whoopi but um it's I know a lot of people like that movie I can't remember it too well to like defend it so oh my god it's so boring <laughs> Whoopi's funny in like her brief couple minutes but then she randomly gets cancer and dies and it's just like what well, I mean and that's kind of like you know so uh, Girl Interrupted she's in it like she's yeah. a nurse who does like nothing really um what else <laughs> come out after your that your aorta is in yeah. your heart yeah <laughs> um I guess, you know, she also, one of her last movies that, you know, she was really starring was Boys on the Side, which I really, really liked. I love Boys on the Side. Um, but yeah, the early 90s was like where her like peak, like all her powers were coming together. Um, but, uh, so the, the movies where she's kind of like relegated to this, like doing whatever else. So like I, Kingdom Come is so, so, so bad. So that for me is my pick for the, um, least successful of her endeavors. I was going to say, do you want to take the opportunity to move into successes? Oh man, this is so hard. I, and I have a definitive one, but I chose, I chose unconventionally because I knew not that you would choose conventionally, but I just wanted to give mm-hmm. people, I wanted to steer people in the direction of seeing something they might not have seen. Okay, cool. Uh, I, so I, I saw a lot of stuff and when we started this, I was like, 
how am I not going to choose Sister Acts? Like, right. Absolutely. How am I not going to choose Sister Act? But also, controversial pick, I think I like Sister Act 2 better. I, uh, I happen to know somebody that I cohabitate with who actually agrees with you, and I think you're both crazy. Oh my god! <laughs> like, this is incredible, because I'm always sure that he thinks I'm such a garbage human being with garbage oh, taste. No. Oh, he doesn't. Um, I think Sister Act 2 is so funny and so joyful, joyful, joyful. To watch. I mean, and to be fair, also, it, it hit me. At, joyful, joyful, uh, that was the joke, Evan. Thank oh, you. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. <laughs> I'm here to explain your jokes for you. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Um, I, that movie hit me at the, at the age where, like, I can just, like, watch it over and over again. Um, like I said, those... In this movie, they were like, you know what? We don't need police. We don't need any of these plots. Extraneous. It's like, let's hear some fucking kids sing and dance. I um, will admit, you were actually the first person to point it out to me. And then somebody else pointed it out to me, too. Sister Act 1 has a lot of really long scenes that feels weighty in an unnecessary way. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot Like, of... it takes a long time for stuff to happen in that movie. Sister Act 2 doesn't really have that problem. Yeah, and there's a lot of exposition and stuff happening, and, like, she's, like, kind of sitting alone and feeling sorry for herself for being a nun or whatever, and, like, not being able to, like, I don't know, I guess, be a diva or whatever. I mean, not... Sister Act 1 is very good, and I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, Kathy and Jimmy is just, like, ugh... And what about Dame Maggie Smith? Truly, yes. But <laughs> I think with Kathy and Jimmy, like, can steal a scene and, like, that. So I love, love, love Sister Act, and but I think Sister Act 2 is better. But in in the spirit of uh, maybe highlighting something else that she has done that uh, uh, people can go out and find, um, I responded crazy, like, a lot to Boys on the Side. And um, I... Went and watched this movie not knowing what it was about at all. Um, I saw it had a Queen Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. Who Mary I Mary Louise Parker, who to this day should have a better career. And I honestly think it's because she doesn't play the like starlet game yeah. that she's, she's been like, but she should be like, she should be fucking like Nicole Kidman level. Yeah, she, she's amazing. She's not here to play dumb bitches. No. Um, and I don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything with her in it, like, this early in her career. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's she's really young in this. I haven't seen her play this young of a character. Um, this movie also is just so weird and interesting. Like, it goes places you don't think it's going to go at all. Um, so my pick I, I, it has to be Boys Inside. And I think um, it's because the movie is so interesting, and it's three women leads. Um, this is Whoopi's second movie where she's playing a lesbian. Yeah. Um, and it deals with... Um, so, essentially, Whoopi is a singer, and she decides she needs to leave New York to go to Los Angeles to start a career. Um, By the way, I'm always here for Whoopi singing. I'm always here for Whoopi singing. Except she's not singing in Sister Act. It's dubbed. Oh, it is? Yeah. What? Yeah. I've not known... If I if I rewatched it, I would have known. I, I and, I, and I, I didn't know that until we did this project, because I because I watched Serafina and was went through a down a rabbit hole... And found out Serafina was a musical, and yeah. then it got me to Sister Act and Sister Act the Musical, and an interview where she was talking about uh, the musical, and she's like, oh, well, I'm not going to be in it, I can't, I, they need singers, I can't sing, and there was a, a parenthesis, I was like, uh, in the movie she's dubbed, and I was like, jaw to the floor, I wow. was like, I have been lied to. It's funny, I actually think in London she did play Mother Superior, though. I think but, for a little yeah. while, yeah, she yeah. did, but, and so I'm surprised, um, I would love to know who did her voiceovers, because uh, they did a really good job. Um, anyway, so, uh, and yeah, she does sing in Boys Inside, um, or maybe, I don't know if it was her or not, whatever. Well, no, and she's really good, so like, she's gotta be, like, 
because she sang in Serafina. She sang like she. Sings. I, I can buy that it wasn't her in Serafina though. Well, yeah, I mean, because it's so many other voices as well. But like, there's so many other movies I've watched recently. I mean, even Jumping Jack Flash, she has that brief moment where she's like trying to get into the party and she pretends to be the singing oh, entertainment, yeah. and like it's like a goofy scene. But she's, like, singing, and she's not, like... I forgot that movie. That movie I was not into. Oh, really? I actually... I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would, and I think part of it is it was a Penny Marshall film. And I am very, like, I can be bought by Penny Marshall. And I love the fact that Gary Marshall's somebody who's, like, weaved in and out of Whoopi's career, because he's in Jumpin' Jack Flash, and he's in Soap Dish. And... Uh-huh. True. Huh. Um, so she wants to go to L.A. to start this singing career. She also was just recently dubbed. Yeah. And so she responds to an ad in the paper... And it's from uh, Mary Louise Parker's character who um, is driving to San Diego for unnamed reasons, I think, right? She says there's work to be done. Oh, she's, she's a real estate agent and the market's hot. She's also reliving a road trip she took as a child. Correct. Because she Her. has AIDS, and which you don't find out until midway through the film. But she she basically, she has this great speech towards the end of the movie where she tells her mom if she... she genuinely believes if she took this trip that everybody would be waiting for her at the end of it the same way that they were when she was a kid. It's... I love that movie. Yeah, I, and also her, because her little brother passed away, yeah, I think, also. Yeah, as a child. Yeah, as like, a child. It was uh, the last, like, memories she had of him. Yeah, and so when the movie starts, though, like, you kind of don't really get why this skinny white woman wants to, like, take, you know, this kind yeah. of loud lesbian on this road trip. But they go, they stop in Pittsburgh, I think, Yeah, and pick up uh, Drew Barrymore... Um, who, like, I guess must have been fresh from her, like, rehab yeah, situation because, absolutely. uh, she's now a young woman. And, um, there's a crazy scene, though, where I was like, movies were fucking wild at this time because there is some domestic violence shit that I could not believe I was watching no. in this movie. Where, like, they're literally getting beat the fuck up. But it's, it's, this is another interesting thing. Sorry, the, this no, might man. be the drinks talking. But the, uh, the, uh, this is another interesting thing about 90s movies because this is also what I felt about The Long Walk Home. Where when I watched The Long Walk Home, I was like, wow, this is what the help would be like if the help had actually had guts. Yeah. Like. Oh, like to show like shit go down. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, it's, and, and that's sort of like boys on the side, like it's uncomfortable. But it's more realistic than, you know, and it's more realistic than what you'd get on, like, Lifetime or and something. It's great, yeah, because it's not, like, I was waiting for it to go into that territory where it's, like, crazy, crazy, like, dramatics. But literally, like, you know, uh, so essentially they pick up Drew Barrymore, who's in this um, uh, abusive relationship. With a drug dealer. With a drug dealer. And um, Whoopi's, like, trying, like, come on, you come with me. And he, like, slaps Whoopi or, like, punches her or some shit. And Whoopi just kind of, like... She it. bleeds. Yeah, she bleeds. She takes it and just sits sitting down and, and like, now Drew Barrymore and the boyfriend are, like, arguing. And Whoopi's just sitting there. And I was like, what is happening? I thought, like, it was going to blow up into this huge thing. But it turns into this great moment when Mary Louise Parker, like, literally just comes in and is like, stop. Yeah. Time out, everybody. Yeah. And she, like, handles all of it. Um, they eventually escape. They beat the shit out of the dude. Um, and they escape. And they're on this road trip and, like, kind of antics, but also a very young um, Niecy Nash is in this movie like for one second, and I was like, Niecy has been hustling for a long time. I fucking love Niecy Nash. Love go, Niecy Nash. go listen to her episode of What's the Tea with RuPaul. It's Absolutely. Best. Absolutely. Um, and, but you kind of get a sense that uh, Mary Louise Parker's character is hiding something, she's like throwing up and whatever. Um, they get to Arizona mm-hmm. and that's when they reveal that you know, she has AIDS and they have to take her to the hospital. And they decide to set up shop there, essentially. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, they start building this community with uh, a, a, like in a lesbian bar 
or a gay and lesbian bar. Um, Katie Lang is in this movie. <laughs> She's playing music at the yep. bar. Um, and then all of a sudden it just turns into like these three women kind of like restarting their lives, uh, out in Arizona, um, and taking and care of Drew, each other. Drew Barrymore starts dating a cop, which you left out the fact that the, Sorry. so they beat up the drug dealer boyfriend and then he accidentally oh, dies, he dies. So, yeah. in the most inconvenient way that would make it look like Drew Barrymore perhaps killed him. Yes. And then when they get to Arizona, she starts dating a cop who's a young Matthew McConaughey. He looks really good. He looks really good, and he's very good at playing a dumb Southerner. Absolutely. Um, His and, bread and butter. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and so it's just like, they're all like, what the fuck are you doing? And she's like, you, but I love him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you killed a man. Yeah. Because they don't realize he died accidentally. Yeah. And uh, it's just really good. It's It's crazy, like... The way they handled uh, Mary Louise Parker's, uh, you know, AIDS story, and which, it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel manipulative. Nope. It doesn't feel, you know, sort of cheap or anything. Like the emotions are all earned. Um, the other thing that you didn't mention too, and I think the thing that makes Whoopi's performance so great and understated and really beautiful is she's fallen in love with Mary Louise yeah. Parker, who's yeah. straight and will never love her back. Correct. And and even um, Whoopi is trying to set her up with, you know, there's a straight guy that works in the bar. Um, I think the thing that I love about Whoopi Goldberg is she has some of the most magnetic eyes yeah. in the industry. Like, she, they're just so deep and wide and brown, and she has a huge smile. And so when she's, she's, she's able to play, like, all these like um range of emotions. She has all these levels also. She can just do like a little little thing with her eye and it's just like, damn, she's got me. Um and in that movie, yeah, her and Mary Louise Parker have some great scenes where they're like fighting and, and it, always the underlying is like that she's in love with her. And right. it's never gonna be it's never gonna happen. Even Drew Barrymore says is like Yeah, like she's she confronts her right away. Yeah. Like that's the other thing. The movie plays its cards. Like it lays its cards out on the table for you. And still manages to find ways to surprise, surprise you and draw you in. And yeah, because literally their second scene together, Whoopi Goldberg and, and Jerome's second scene together, she tells her like, you, you're clearly in love with this woman. She will never love you. Yeah. And like, and that's the thrust of the film for her. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Mary Louise Parker, she, she's also so fucking good, but yeah. she's letting Whoopi's character take care of her and, you know, be this person that she can trust and, uh, the ending of that movie is so fucking sad. Uh, spoiler alert. But, but redeeming. Yeah. yeah like... Redeeming. Um, but, um, Marilise Parker is like on her way to death. Um, and, uh, Whoopi has like, they've, they've, they get into this huge fight. You know, there's a huge thing. The cop, she tells the cop about the death and there's a whole thing with that. They finally are able to come all together years down the road. Um, and Whoopi and the whole like, Arizona family are together and um, Mary Louise Parker is in a wheelchair just like looking deathly ill and will be start singing You Got It by Roy Orbison and which Bonnie Raitt covered for the soundtrack and became a huge hit yeah and it's such a, such a like it's a it's a it's a still still quiet moment all you hear and Whoopi's like barely singing like it's just like kind of tragic and awful but also beautiful because they've spent this life together where they thought they were going to do something and they found each other just by crazy like happenstance and the camera is just kind of like turning one look from you I drift away I pray that you are here to stay 
see all these people that they've met and all the things they've gone through and then finally it lands on um it ends on uh, her wheelchair and now it's empty and because she has died and um it's beautiful it's beautiful filmmaking it's beautiful acting yeah. it's it's the complete synergy of of everything that that film is built up for i i think that i genuinely think that movie is a masterpiece um i'm just gonna s- skip ahead and say go to my pick because okay. um my pick because i 100% a million years. Louie and I don't talk about our picks beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, did not expect you to pick that, and that was awesome, my pick. Really? Yeah, I love Boys on the Side. I mean, um, it's a movie I saw as a kid, and I remember loving it, and I hadn't seen it in years, and I rewatched it, and like, I bawled. I bawled. She sings twice towards the end of the movie. She sings the way we were, mm-hmm. um, because they watched it in a hotel room together. Yeah. Um, and it's not very long. But, like, I welled up during that, and then when she sang, you got it. And I was just, I was a mess in my edit room. Um, and uh, that, there is something, like, absolutely really beautiful about the way that movie is scripted, about that way the movie is shot, the way it's acted. It's a complete film. And, yes, yeah, she's been in all these great movies, you know, like, uh, shout out to the Color Purple, shout out to the Sister Act films. Like, Honestly, these are great movies. Yeah. I don't know if Whoopi's given a better, more honest performance, and she's not playing herself. She's and playing think, a character. And I but... think it's like I, I, she's she is in a lot of these movies where she's surrounded by other people and they do things like uh, you didn't see Moonlight Valentino, um, but it's like her and um, oh sh- God, is it Diane Lane? No, it's not. No, Diane no, no. Lane. The this woman was also in um, Weeds with Mary Louise Parker. The, the oh gosh, she was a bitch. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> the, it, it, Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow's in that movie. I um, did, yeah, I saw, the, I watched the trailer. Um, she's in the, like, in that and movie. John Bon Jovi. And John Bon Jovi's in that fucking movie for no reason other than he's like, hot, whatever. Um, she, you know, she, he made a movie, like a one hour movie, and you can find it on YouTube, and Whoopi Goldberg plays the cab driver in it, and I was just like, are they friends? No, thank you. <laughs> when, I, when I saw that, I was like, I am not, not here for this. I, my point is, she's in movies that are full of other people. And because it seems like Hollywood's like stars, 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 and it'll work. Um, and there's like so unsuccessful. I think it's, 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 it doesn't work because it's not a real movie. It's just yeah. a bunch of like people who, who maybe are talented, like individually, but if there's not a movie there, there's not a fucking movie there. Right. Um, boys on the side. God, they got some fucking talented people. And the movie, it's like, I, I, again, I had never seen this movie, did not know what it was about. And I was like, wow, this movie is so, uh, unique and it's, there's there is nary a cliche in that movie. Um, I couldn't believe that a it was a movie about um, three women, a movie about with a uh, strong LGBT um, like overtones that were it's not especially for the time. Yeah, like there's a great scene where Mary Louise Parker's mother comes to visit and she finds out that Whoopi Goldberg yeah. isn't living there anymore, and they're like, oh, she's a lesbian, and she's like a lesbian, and, and she's, she's black. black, and she's like, like black. and she's like black, and she lived here, yeah. and like I love that. Her character is played as like the old world, and it's she's, like take your conservative values and go fuck yourself. Yeah, like, she literally represents all of like white conservative America. Yeah, who's like Aah! also the the thing I one hundred percent remembered from the film was this was the first movie I'd ever heard the word cunt before, and they use yeah, it a lot. And I so kind of love the way it's used in the film. I would love to know like more about this movie and how it was made because it reminds me a lot of. I mean. I was a child uh, during this time, but like there is a specific subculture of like the nineties where it's like 
they were already doing this alt world shit where it's like you know fuck the patriarchy right and like and it, it centers around the the lgbt movement and like these safe spaces i and this is and this is by no means an independent film like no. that's the other thing um that like it's such an anomaly for uh, a hollywood movie at this time to be so pro women and so pro lgbt so pro black like yeah. and admittedly she's the only black person in the film but like it gets brought up a lot yeah, and she, like and it's crazy uh, i mean they they were I don't know what happened to, so, so that this movie could exist. Yeah. And, and, uh, but I'm so happy it did. Um, and I, I just imagine like, you know, a, a lot of people in the nineties who were part of this world, like the gay world, pro women, whatever, were like, Oh, what a breath of fresh, like disabled. It's like, yeah, this is so insane. I mean, and I will say I watched Color Purple like two days ago and cannot believe that that was her first movie. Yeah. Because she is fucking incredible. I also, I hadn't seen the movie just because I am not the person who likes watching, um, you know, these fucking like slave porn movies where it's, it's just a hard, you know, I understand, it is like, hard. I, I, I understand, like, the, the work they're doing is to make uncomfortable and to believe how fucking awful it was. And I get that. I am just not the one to be like, I want to watch some fucking, like, black people get the shit beat out of them. I understand. And I would, like, I, there's, I an, ne- there's an empathy issue. I have yeah. not seen, um, 12 Years a Slave. You should. It's really good. I have not it seen, is, uh, like, it, Roots and stuff. I know, I know people have, like, the, the, the tide seems to have turned on 12 Years a Slave, but it's good. It's real. It's. Yeah. And I, and I, and I know that, like, I knew this movie was good. I just was just like, oh man. But the thing is, so I watched it and I was like, it is not as gruesome as I thought it was going to be. No. Um, it, it is hard at some points, but it's not the bloody fucking horror that I thought it was going to be. And part um, of that's Spielberg. Yeah. Part and, of that's the. And he sanitized the shit out of the, the yeah. story, I'm sure. Um, I had seen the, uh, the sugar, um, song moment where she's singing towards, um, uh, Miss Seeley. Um, before like at gay bars and stuff, but I hadn't yeah. seen the whole story, and I'm just like, wow. First of all, um, the movie's great, but also fucking Oprah. Oprah's great in it too. Holy shit! It was between um, Sister Act, which obviously is so fucking yeah. good. I mean, I just feel like, what else can we say about this? Like, you know, how fucking yeah. great it is. Um, the color purple is so amazing. Um, but boys on the side, man. The uh, the other one I wanted to give a shout out to was Soap Dish, just because Soap Dish is so funny. She's not a lead in Soap Dish, mm-hmm. um, but it's an ensemble cast, and she plays the head writer of a soap opera. Yes, and she's very very funny. Movie gets super transphobic at the end. It does. I don't know why they decided to take that turn, um, and it's played pretty poorly. But everything up until that point is really funny. Yeah, like, um, she even gets to do a German accent. Um, the movie is really funny and really great. I, uh, I, I apparently like it's like they were showing it on Logo like uh, last week or something because it's like an, it's like it is a gay campy classic. Oh, it's one hundred percent campy. It's about soap operas. Yeah, so, like um, Sally Field. Hello, Sally Field's amazing. And the other thing I will say, um, I didn't get a chance to watch Ghost of Mississippi, and I've never seen it. I'm sure she's amazing in it. She plays the widow of Megar Evers. I'm sure it's like I actually that's the one I feel really bad about not having watched, and I really did mean to. Um, I've let you down, audience. But um, we did see ghosts. We did see ghosts, and I know you have some thoughts about that. And I did want I I did want to come to that. But the other thing uh, we've talked about it a couple times, uh, the Long Walk Home, which mm. I think is genuinely, as I said, it's a poorly made film. Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, and it takes place in the background of the Alabama bus boycott, the Montgomery bus boycott. Um, and she plays a maid, unfortunately, but that's the, true to the time. Um, and she works for, um, Sissy Spacek. Uh, the movie also has a young Bing, Bing Rames in it. And also a young Dylan Baker playing probably the darkest role he played 
up until the movie Happiness. Yeah. Um, and it's it's violent and it's upsetting, and but it is like a, a genuine, really great portrayal of what it must have been like to be in the South and to be black and trying to get your rights. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I like the movie a lot. Yeah. And I think it's very good. But it just hit me right now. It probably was like, it's very in the vein of like, here's a story about mostly about a white woman who's like trying to do yeah. well. And so like as an audience, we can be like, Oh yes, look at this white oh, person yeah. doing good. For, Sissy like, Spacek is 100% our white proxy yeah. for us to like get into it. But I, I do think it, I do think it transcends that specifically. There's a scene in the car in which Whoopi has this speech about like how if she helps this bus boycott, but bus boycott, how she'll, be tainted forever as a person. Yeah. And I think that that elevates that a little bit, but it still is sort of the... It still has that... I mean, I, I don't But she's not like a white savior. No, It's not no. like she comes in and solves racism. No. <laughs> like, I mean, I remember the very ending is very emotional. Because that's how, that's how I feel about the hell, where <laughs> Emma Stone comes in and solves racism uh, for everyone. Emma Stone's great. She definitely solved racism, Gavin. <laughs> um, racism's over. But, uh... The, yeah. the ending of that movie is really good, and I, uh... uh yeah, I, I, I like that movie a lot. Um, the other knock against that movie, what definitely kept it from even being really mentioned in my top, was there's a voiceover by Mary Steenburgen, and it's clearly a post-production decision to be like, we need, we need something else to like help the audience, and it doesn't need... Literally, if you were to mute the film every time you heard Mary Steenburgen's voice, and then come back up when there's dialogue, you wouldn't... It would not change anything. It was insane. Oh, I'm sorry. The Mary Steenburgen police are here. Hello. Ted Danson is here <laughs> to take me down. Ted Danson of um, Made in America? Has he that? Yeah, he's in Made in America. And actually, Whoopi Goldberg was his paramour before Mary Steenburgen. So. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, the webs we weave. Hello? <laughs> yeah, I just remembered. Like, in that movie, it's like, that's me back in the day. <laughs> I love our Miss May... Like, whatever. The, yeah. Oh, God. Garbage. Um, so, that... Do we, I think there's at least two more things I want to mention. Yes. So, um, first of all, Ghost, for which she won her Oscar. Yes. By the way, Whoopi Goldberg is an EGOT. So take that, guys. Yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy um, your non-EGOT. Hello. <laughs> um, so Ghost, I saw for the first time, and... I'm shocked that it's taking you... I also grew up with two older sisters, so maybe that's why. Yeah, I mean, whatever, I'm Mexican. <laughs> um, and the, my first thought... While I'm seeing Ghost is, damn, Tony Goldwyn is hot. Like, that, that movie is so fucking ridiculous. The beginning scene, well, A, they're like knocking down walls in an apartment in Manhattan. Where? <laughs> Where? Um, they're, you know, they're, they bought, they're making a duplex, okay? Oh, mm-hmm. They bought the apartment next door. I and guess. also, um, they're knocking down walls with their shirts off, but they did wear the face mask to like block the dust from like, and I was like, oh. It makes it easier to clean, uh-huh. okay, Louis? Yeah, okay. You sure. don't understand romance. <laughs> romance? <laughs> God, Gavin, he's wasted, guys. Um, <laughs> The movie is mostly ridiculous. I could not believe that it was such a cultural touchstone for so many people. Um, also, you have to come... I'm with you. I, in all honesty, like, I've seen Ghost probably about a bajillion times because of my sister. Ghosts and Dirty Dancing. Like, uh-huh. um, That movie's bananas. It is bananas. And I don't know why it is such a cultural touchstone. Could not. But she's amazing. She's in amazing it. in it. I mean, she definitely Oda is Mae Brown. Louis. Oda Mae Brown. You danger girl. I am in danger girl. <laughs> Um, I also, I guess, live at the same stop where she lived. 
I watched the movie. I was like, are they at Myrtle Broadway? That's amazing. Like, with an, they come to Brooklyn and get off at Myrtle Broadway to find the um, black mystic. Yes. And to find the Puerto Rican murderer. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why they come to Brooklyn. Uh, it was Brooklyn in the early 90s. Hello. I mean, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like all the rich... I say that as the gentrification element. I know. Hello. <laughs> I mean, but then all the rich hot white people get to live in their fucking like... In their Manhattan apartments where they can knock down walls. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> Um, the, the the tone of that movie is so weird. Like Demi Moore is crying all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, Patrick Swayze is dancing around the subways, learning how to like use his ghost powers. Um, and also like it is that's actually a really good point. Yeah, like Demi Moore's in this melodrama. Patrick Swayze's in this weird thriller about ghosts, and Whoopi Goldberg's in this comedy, comedy where she's like having to pretend like. When she goes to the bank and yeah. she's like trying to get the money, the bank scene's my favorite. Yeah, though. I mean, and she's like when she has to give the check to the yeah. nun, like yeah, and she's hilarious and so good. <laughs> and what's most like interesting to me and makes me think a lot is like she won best supporting actress in a movie for doing this. Yeah, um, what the fuck else was happening that year at the Oscars? Anthony Hopkins won best supporting actor for Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs, and he's in that movie for a collective eleven minutes. Moving on, also, I think we have to, have to, have to talk about Serafina. Okay. Um, I, I'm prepared for the Serafina conversation. This movie is... That movie is so neutral to me that I just... Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that I'm being problematic because um, watching it, I, my ears were just like, whoa, like, African musical. Literally, the music... It was apparently, like, super popular in 1988. I have... I, I So I didn't know it was a musical going in, either. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the first shock to me, like... Um, the second is, like, My Garbage Texas Public Education, where I was, like, literally after this movie, I had to fucking Google Apartheid. You had to Google Apartheid? I know what Apartheid was. Okay. But I was, like... Sorry, I didn't mean for the, the no. little reactionary at that. No, no, no. I, like... Oh, my God. Everyone's gonna fucking hate me and think I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, like, literally, I mean, Mexican dude growing up in, like, Texas, right. we were not, like, t- knowing of all the shit that was going down with Nelson Mandela, okay? Right. Um, I, I think that's reasonable. I think um, that's... And so I'm looking up all this, like, information about what the fuck's going on, because essentially this movie is about um, uh, the so- student riots student or... riots in South Africa, um, and one day they fucking, like, are slaughtered by yeah. um, uh, the police, uh, because they... Because not... they're black, essentially. Well, so the, the Danish, you know... Um, People who are, I'm drunk now. I can't think. Um, they want to. Uh, they want all the teaching to be done half in English, half in Afrikaans, and so uh, students are uh, protesting and writing against that stuff. And their teacher, who was played by Whoopi Goldberg, yeah, is kind and of. She, and she like, as I mentioned before, she really pushed to get this movie made. Yeah. Um, she she basically like like promised Disney that Sister she, Act Two. Sister Act Two if they would put money into yep. the making of Serafina. And, and she's the only name in the film. Yeah, and it's crazy though because so it had money, but also all the filmmakers are African. Yes. And so there are some like huge sweeping shots of Africa um and like huge musical numbers with really great costuming. Yeah. But I thought there were so many I mean and I'm surprised that you don't have more thoughts on this. And I'm not like a technical movie character, but I was like is this how they're editing this? Oh, no. I mean, I don't think it was a particularly well-put-together film. And I, I was like, I, I can't believe they spent money on these big overhead shots, like, from the... And, and there's... I was going to say, there's so many, especially during the dance numbers and stuff, there's so many, like, like swooping crane shots and stuff that I was just like, 
this feels unmotivated. It feels like they're just like, oh, it's a spectacle. Like, we yeah. need to... I just couldn't, like, see anything. Yeah. And, I mean, so there's also... And clearly, like, she wanted as little choreography as possible. And oh. I do want to give a shout out because she can dance. There's a dance scene in Bogus between her and Gerard Depardieu because everybody had to be in a movie with Gerard Depardieu in the yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Yes, um, And she's fantastic in it. So, like, she can dance. It's crazy. I mean, so this movie is about very heavy subject matter. Um... It's a, I don't, I don't even know what this movie is because at one moment they're like doing crazy colorful dancing and, and it's through the lens of this girl, Serafina, who wants to be a star yeah. and she can, you know, she's beautiful and intelligent and blah, blah, blah. She has like these visions of like being, you know, gorgeous movie star. And then literally in the next scene, kids are getting shot up and there's yeah, actual the, blood. The tone is, well, like I said, I, I knew it was a movie about apartheid. I was not expecting it to be musical. And so I was like, oh, weird, musical about apartheid. And, like, to find out that, like, because no one talks about the musical, to find out it was so popular on Broadway. It's insane. Like, the it, girl who plays the lead in this movie also was the lead on, on in the Broadway. Yeah. And, I mean, but, like, you don't see movies anymore even when there are, they are shoot-em-ups where there's blood bursting everywhere. In this movie, there is blood bursting everywhere. Yeah. I think they were trying to do this, like, Linda Ellerby, like, world news for kids thing good reference enjoy that it, fe- it felt like that it felt very much like you know let's tell this crazy story i think i think that's definitely a uh that movie is a casualty of passion getting too much in the way of sensibility yeah and again it's just like such a weird like flashpoint in her career yeah showing like her passion and all that stuff um but her career has just been like littered with these weird like she's playing by hollywood's rules and then she's doing her own thing and she's like singing and dancing and then she's fucking voicing. So, uh, real quick before we wrap up the discussion on Whoopi Goldberg, and I do want to come back just so we can refocus on our, our tops and our bottoms, uh, real quick. But, uh, so do you prefer the Whoopi in the lead or is the Whoopi in the like character acting sidekick no, role? No, I prefer in the lead. I don't I think, prefer in the lead. I too. think she doesn't have much, I think she needs more to do. Yeah. Because I, I saw Girl, Girl Interrupted for the first time and I was like, oh, this movie's not about her. And also she's, it's kind of like, She's not getting anything out of this. Right. She's not, like, she doesn't have anything to work with. She kind of is, you are able to see Whoopi be, quote, stern and be, like, right. against type and, like, what a, it's it's a cheap, like, um you know, gratification of being, like, yeah. oh, look at a Whoopi playing straight against, you it's, know. It's a little award-baity, like, in a yeah. way, but I don't feel like that's the reason she did it. No, I mean, I guess I can also imagine, I think she, because she's a known quantity, they yeah. can say, you know, instead of just putting like a nameless actor into these yeah. roles that are get like minutes of time, they in can the say the gloaming, <laughs> yeah, in, in the gloaming, which I really enjoyed. But like, it's all all it gets to do is put her name on the title card and say, "Whoopi Goldberg is also in this movie," and like, yeah. what a great, you know, um, gives more heft to the movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, even though it doesn't, it doesn't do anything for her. It doesn't give anything to us as an audience, except being like, "Oh, wow, Whoopi." Yeah. The um. So, uh, just to reiterate, uh, our our bottom picks are... Mine was Kingdom Come. Yours was Kingdom Come uh, from 2000 Who something knows? or other. 2000, never watch it, it ever. Yeah, um, and mine was uh, Eddie from 1996. And our top pick, even though we did have so many other films that she's really great in, was actually both Boys, Boys on the, on the side, side. Which I'm still surprised about, and I love the fact that you picked it. It's, <sighs> it's so good. I'm so glad I'm not basic. <laughs> no, you, you've never been basic, please. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess... Uh, We'll do a little bit of housekeeping before we say goodbye, oh my God, which is Gavin. to tell you about last week's poll. So oh if you God, remember God. our last episode, do not. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Anne Hathaway. 
Anne Hathaway. Which, by the way, if you like our episodes, please tell us. Like, you know, uh, we we love hearing from people, um, and and it's cool to have people reach out to us. So yeah, so if you're enjoying these, like, you know, give and give us suggestions. Give us we, a shout. We did get one suggestion last week, we which did. was Stanley Tucci. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's definitely on the list that's for future. Absolutely on the list because Stanley Tucci can do no wrong. Absolutely, I'll be I'll be interested to see if I can find something where I'm like, gross, hate you because <laughs> yeah. I love him. Uh, but we always put a poll out on Twitter, and we asked um, based on our top picks uh, what your favorite Anne Hathaway performance was. Uh, we gave- it's funny. So first of all, I I put up the poll, and the first time I put it up, I actually had um, Brokeback Mountain. As the four. So we put uh, Princess Diaries, the... Rachel Getting Married. Rachel Getting Married, which were our two picks. Yeah. Right? Yes. And um, then... Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Devil Wears Prada and... Les Mis. Les Mis. I put Les Mis because she won her Oscar. Yes. Um, I Before, I actually had um, Brokeback Mountain instead of Devil Wears Prada. All my friends, that were like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you have some good friends. You have some good friends. Yeah. And, and so I was like, okay, fine. I'll put it I'll put it up again. And I took out Brokeback Mountain just because also I felt like the movie's not really about her. Well, and also, uh, Twitter's limited. It only lets you do yes, four Twitter options. Yes, Twitter only does four. So. Um, and motherfucker, so I put this thing up, and Devil Wars Prada came in second. It did. <sighs> did. So the results of the poll are, and it was our largest voted on poll yet, 77 votes, uh, which is pretty good. Um, uh, Princess Diaries with 23%, Devil Wears Prada with 26%, Les Mis with a paltry 9% because no one likes that movie. Who voted for that? And coming in first place with 42%, Rachel Getting Married, my pick! Oh! I will say there were oh. shenanigans in the voting. Now, admittedly, this came out the week Jonathan Demme passed away. Correct. If you do not know who Jonathan Demme is, he is the genius who directed that film. He directed many, many other films. It is a tragic loss to the filmmaking community. Yeah, he's great. Um, my favorite thing, and I tweeted this out the night that he passed, uh, or the night that we found out he passed. Uh, my favorite thing about Jonathan Demme is he never forgot his roots. Uh, he is a filmmaker who trained under Roger Corman, who is famous for being one of the cheapest filmmakers alive. The original Little Shop of Horrors, the non-musical Little Shop of Horrors, was shot overnight in 24 hours because they were tearing the sets down. Amazing. Um, and he knew he wanted to make a movie. I love that. Um, John and Demi never once said anything to anybody bad about his part. You know, Francis Ford Coppola was also trained by uh, Roger Corman. I don't think anybody would be like, Francis Ford Coppola, trained by Roger Corman. And, <laughs> and I don't think he would take that kindly. But John and Demi did. Roger Corman's in all of his movies. And I love that fact that he became this big Hollywood film director and he was trained by this, like, very famous kind of trash monster. <laughs> but, um, you mean me? <laughs> but uh, I say that with all the love because I fucking love Roger Corman's films, especially Zegar Allan Poe movies. But uh, uh, R.I.P. Jonathan Demi. R.I.P. Th- Jonathan Demi. Thanks for everybody for voting. Yeah, I mean, and- it was crazy. I I asked all my friends, I was like, who did you vote for? I literally was like, <laughs> I could not believe, and all my fucking gay friends were like, Devil Wars Prada, duh. I am, I am literally shocked that, that your Princess Diaries came in third. I expected it to come in second. I could be not honest. believe. And I will say my friends, my, one of my friends said, Devil Wars Prada, she's so great. She starts the movie as like this mousy, like little nobody, and then she really transforms into this like, do it type of bitch. And I'm like, Okay, honestly, don't talk to me about why you voted for it. Like, you should have just voted for my movie. I will say, I'm sure, because uh, I haven't spoken to your friends, I'm sure I got some hate for saying that it's not as great as everybody thinks it is. But How dare. I know. But you know what? I got opinions, and sometimes they're mixed. 
<laughs> I think that's a very good... Uh, that's a good stopping place. Yeah. So if you want to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at, at The Mixed Reviews. You can find us on Facebook. We're at The Mixed Reviews. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Uh, we are also available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and we're actually up on SoundCloud now. Hello. Though... Uh, there's a limit to the amount of hours you can put up on SoundCloud, so I think currently the only things that SoundCloud is letting you stream is Will Smith and Richard Linklater. But those are past episodes, yeah. so feel free to uh, listen to those. And, uh, yeah. And if you guys have any more suggestions, so we have Stanley Tucci on the list. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to... Yeah, we'll figure out where we're going to do him. We we do have a strategy. We talk about it after the show. Yes. And we don't want to give you guys a heads up. Not so that you can't watch along, because actually we kind of, I, in my opinion, I think you should be watching after we talk about the yeah. movies, maybe, but. Um, also, we're putting. No, we're super in... spoilery, so I don't know. <laughs> also, Honestly, yes. Also, sorry, if a, if a movie can be ruined by somebody giving you some plot points, that movie's bad to begin with. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Follow him wherever he